Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My co-host today is Jason. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, I cannot even believe I'm back here, but here we are. <laughs> it's Marvel. It's a given it's, at this point. It's, yeah, I'm, it's like I'm signed <laughs> to a contract. I can't get out of it. Today's topic, Moon Knight, starring Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke. It is the sixth television series in the Marvel Cinematic Universe to be produced by Marvel Studios, sharing continuity with the films of the franchise. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Six shows in, but started with Division, and it feels like Miss Marvel is just around the corner. I feel like we've got a good flow going with these shows, although I do remember... I seem to be having a better time with him than you have been recently. The last one we did, what was that Hawkeye? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said um, you said started with WandaVision. I would say peaked with WandaVision, and then has I think it has been a downward trajectory. I, I feel like I mean like, they were okay. They set and, the bar high. Yeah, and no, I feel like yeah, yeah. Uh, Hawkeye was a low point. It was a low point, but I mean, Do you know what? I, I, I'm going to say I reckon. I mean, I really enjoyed Hawkeye, to be honest. But I think the low point is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. It just seems like that's the one that's different to everything else. That was just like what we've got in the films, but now on the small screen, and they were continuing the story, focusing on two characters. Whereas, in again, I know you didn't have the best time with Hawkeye but at least they were doing something different with it. I think, like, looking back at it, and I think you might be right, I think Falcon and the Soldier, like, again, I've had no interest to sort of revisit it at this point. I think maybe at the time it was still the novelty of, like, we've got Marvel on TV and it's Marvel Studios and everything's fun and dandy. But I think, yeah, looking back, it's like, yeah, maybe it really wasn't that good at all. But, eh, look, I remember having some some good times with it, so I'll try and hold them to those memories. But here we are, I guess. Um, uh, what are we talking about? I was about to say, Morbius. What is this? Moon Knight. Yeah. Moon Knight? Oh, I can't keep track. <laughs> it's all too hard. It's all too much. Moon Knight. But, yeah, not Morbius. We've done that. We've, We've done that. We did that one. Way, way too much time talking about that. Moon Knight premiered on March 30th, 2022 and ran for six episodes, concluding on May 4th. It is part of phase four of the MCU. The series received positive reviews with particular praise for Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke's performances and the darker tone compared to previous MCU series. And it's worth noting, this is the first Marvel Studios series not to include any previously established characters. Whoa. <laughs> I had, to, I had to think and be like, is that is that correct? But yeah, of course you're right. Yeah, it's, it is. But do you know what? They almost had some cameos in the first episode and cameos again in the finale. And the, and the characters they were looking to include, I doubt it would have been all of them, but it was going to tie into Eternals. Yeah. So what a mistake. Well, 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 the, the first episode would have tied into Eternals, but because we're talking gods and, you know, back with Thor, we were introduced to the Asgardians and we've got the Celestials and they're really building this cosmic mythology. But if we're looking at gods, we're soon to get Gore, played by Christian Bale in Thor, Love and Thunder. They were going to have a reference to him in the finale. That's interesting. It's interesting. And it, I mean... Yeah, we could, we could, if we had to sort of jump into the end without giving too much detail away at this point in time, you know, like where could Moon Knight show up next? I mean, could he pop up in, in Thor Love and Thunder? Yeah, maybe it's a possibility. I don't, I'm not putting money on it, but I mean, he could. No, we I, are talking yeah. the realm of like gods and stuff. And uh, what this show does, it does introduce, you know, like Egyptian mythology. It's it's another. I'm trying not to use words like another realm or another plane of, of just, of just. And I don't want to call it supernatural either, but it is. That's what it is. It's 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 a new type of 
um, I guess, fantasy stuff that we're getting introduced to. There's a lot. There's a lot going on. And I can't help but sit back and go, okay, where does all of this fall into? Like, where where is this all going? I'm sure there's a plan, but it's like, well, we're getting a lot. You know, you mentioned all the stuff with, like, the Eternals and, you know, like the the whatever that God was called, the the judge thing. Uh, throw in like all the cosmic stuff we've been introduced to through like Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor and then and, and all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, it's like now we're getting, you know, we've just had multiverse stuff, wizards. Th- there's a lot. The world is there is, there is a the lot. The world and, is big. And it, it is, and it really is, isn't it? And I'm enjoying all of that. I'm not gonna lie. I enjoy the cameos. I think most people do, but I don't think this series needed it but mentioning Eternals I remember watching Eternals for the first time and it started in the UK in London oh this is a nice surprise and we've got Dane Whitman the Black Knight and he's like ah and then we've got that first trailer for Moon Knight and we get that English accent and he's like, ah, oh, okay, this, this could be interesting because for the most part, it's New York. That is that is where we are. We'll go into outer space on occasion, but we're mainly in New York. So it was just interesting, the opening. I mean, Eternals goes off the rails very quickly, but it started with Promise and we're in a different location. We're in London. And then you got the tease of Blade at the end, thinking, okay, so maybe Black Knight's going to be in the Blade movie. And Moon Knight is a character that you could see fighting alongside Blade. That could be cool. I mean, this show has been successful, but they've come out and said that it was intended to be a miniseries. Like, I mean, Loki's getting a second season. One division was a one and done, but then obviously led into Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. But this movie was intended to be what it is. But Oscar Isaac has said that he's interested in continuing to play the character, but in different places, whether it's TV film. I mean, this the story that this that this show, this season series, whatever you want to call it. I mean, if it is a clean one and done and because it's a part of a larger universe which you know this show maybe benefits from not actually having you know besides like maybe one mention of like madripoor or something like that there's really not an overarching uh you know mcu connection bubble thing it, it exists sort of in its own thing but by the end of the this show it's like there's not really an ending it kind of wraps up i guess maybe the story for um the yeah, you know, um, uh, what's his name? The, the bad guy. Oh my god, my brain is Ethan Hawke's character, um, Arthur Harrow. It kind of wraps up his kind of part in this story, but then that's it. The whole Moon Knight, you know, like Mark Stephen, the third guy, uh, Jake or whatever it is. Um, like let's we're gonna honestly, Jake will save until the end. Sure, sure, but just like the show did, we'll talk. Yeah, about I, I guess my point is, my point is like where this ends. It's like what did we wrap up like where are we is the story finished not at all like if they said there is a season two i'd be like well of course there is there's still story to tell nothing has been finished but having said that there's potential that this character could pop up in a movie in his own movie as a secondary character in a in a, in a big movie or potentially a, an antagonist a villain to a to a, yeah another major character, who knows? There's... We we live in a different world now. It used to be like if you enjoyed a TV show, you wanted more of that TV show. You you'd hope that it got picked up for another season. With the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you don't need that. You can have characters appearing elsewhere, and I love that. So yeah, I think we're definitely going to see more of Oscar Isaac. But before we get to him, because there's so much to talk about with him and his performance, the show was developed by Jeremy Slater, who served as head writer with Mohamed Dieb as leading director. 
the producer Grant Curtis cited the psychological thriller Memento as an influence on the show, as well as action movies such as Raiders of the Lost Ark, John Wick, The Born Identity. That's Moon Knight. <laughs> Those things put together, that is absolutely the show. I mean, yeah, look, there's there's Globetrotting, there's Tomb Raiding. I know you didn't say Tomb Raider, but there's Tomb Raiding, which I guess would be the, the Indiana Jones thing. There's, yeah, like there's... There's a little bit of over the top action. There's some like there's some car chases and you know like they're on motorbikes. And, yeah, yeah, all of those elements. I see that, and I enjoy all those elements individually <laughs> and blended together <laughs> to make Moon Knight. Yeah, oh man, there is so much fun to be had with with this show, and you got to look at the lead. Oscar Isaac, I mean, you know, he's always giving a good performance. I mean, you like X-Men Apocalypse more than I do, but for the most part, he's <laughs> always giving a really good performance. But this is some... I've never seen him do anything like this before. I mean, in this show, he plays Mark Spector, Moon Knight, Stephen Grant, Mr. Knight, Jake Lockley, Conchu. He's doing all of it. That is that is all him. And I remember that I mentioned it already. That first trailer they released, wow, people had big reactions to to his accent. And you know, oh, it's ridiculous. Oh, what is he doing? And and you know what, Stephen, for me, I thought it was excellent. Absolutely <laughs> loved Stephen. And when it got to the point where I mean. Oscar Isaac, he just oozes cool, doesn't he? And you get that when he's Mark. Yeah. But how he's able to switch between Mark and Stephen, and, and you believe, when he's Stephen, you believe him to be this smaller, like, his low confidence, just this nerdy guy. But it's Oscar Isaac. Like, he still looks like Oscar Isaac, but at the same time, it's, the way he carries himself and the accent, it is an incredible transformation. And, and yes, the accent... At first, you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> but then I just loved everything about it. Now, look, the, the accent, I, I'll admit, I did. It took me a while to sort of just get used to it. But once once I did, I was I was fully I was fully into it. I believed everything. Like, he's... Like, Oscar Isaac, like, this just proves that he's such... He's a great actor. Like, he can, he can do it. And exactly what you were just saying, like, the, the being able to switch. And you know... Even without like, even without the accents, you can tell who was who, who was playing. His what he was doing in this show to me proved that the Clark Kent Superman thing is believable. You know, like the the way he holds himself, acts differently. That someone could walk down the street who has met Superman and not recognize Clark Kent as as being as being that guy because of how the the different shifts in personalities because that's what you get here with the mainly obviously mainly the 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 Stephen and Mark sort of differences like it's more than just the accent it's the performance how he's carrying himself the how he you know the way he looks the way he, the expressions on his face it's it's so much and it it is incredible yeah, I mean, yeah. and we cannot it really is not highlight that enough like he's just doing I mean that is the highlight of this show is his ability to do that these characters. I mean, all the all the crazy stuff with like the Moon Knightness and the the fighting and stuff. Like, that's all the extra. That's all the extra. It's really it's Oscar Isaac just just doing stuff, which is great. And, and that's it. Yeah. And I just oh, honestly watch this week to week, and it was just yeah. Just the anticipation of watching the next episode over six weeks. Yeah, it was. I'm enjoying Disney Plus releasing them on our time. I know they've been doing it well pretty much since they launched. But it's so fun, like waiting week in and week out, and and the and these shows that like, more and more people are talking about them. This is one of the rare MCU shows that my wife sat down and watched. We did Loki together, and then this. Normally, she's like that interested to be fair outside of the films, but there was enough going on in those early trailers, and what we're getting from Oscar Isaac in them. That she's like, yeah, no, I want to watch that one too. It was fun watching it, you know, as a couple. Oh, yeah, so good. I mean. I didn't even know. I know 
who Moon Knight is. And I've read some of his solo titles and I've read him in team-up books, but I don't know too much about him really. So I was going on a bit of a journey with the show and learning about him as we go. Like I knew in the comics Mark Spector was Moon Knight, but with these adaptions, sometimes they'll change it up a little bit. So it was fun you know, having the slow reveal. And when he gets to the point when you've got Oscar Isaac twice, as Mark and Stephen sharing the screen together, I didn't even know that was going to be a thing. That was a nice surprise. And in those moments, that's Oscar Isaac acting opposite his brother. Oh, okay. Instead of it just being, I don't know, like a tennis ball on a stick. <laughs> got, his, his, uh, got his brother in there to double his brother Michael Benjamin Hernandez so there he goes he was the double but it, yeah it's it's so fun with the with the British accent it wasn't in the script but I said you know normally you know Marvel based things in New York they moved it to London and Oscar Isaac he took it upon himself to do the British accent it wasn't in the script Kevin Feige wasn't sure what to make of it at first. And, and I said, you know, people were criticising the accent based on that first trailer. But it really works. It absolutely works. And, yeah, the distinction between Mark and Stephen is just so obvious. And it's, you know, we've said that he carries himself differently. The accent's different. It is just such a solid performance. And we should say as well that the reason why like Mark does have these different personalities, he has disassociative identity disorder, also known as DID. And this is something that Isaac was very passionate about, researched, and they didn't want it to be a caricature, but at the same time, like they have taken some liberties, you know, made it a bit more, I guess, theatrical or, you know, bigger for television, but they, you know, put the time in, they did the research and they found that DID is predominantly caused by prolonged abuse that starts in early childhood. We don't need to keep it dark. We can can move on. But I thought it worth mentioning the show itself does go to dark places. And when you find out the reason for Stephen being created in the first time, he does have childhood trauma. His brother, his mum blamed him for his brother dying. There's so much going on there. So tonally, and not in a bad way, this show can be a bit all over the place, but it needs to be. But fortunately you've got Stephen and you get a lot of levity from Stephen and all the funny sayings that he comes out with. You know, like, yeah, like you're right. Like this show does get, it's, it's probably one of the, like in terms of themes, not so much like visual violence and stuff, but thematically probably one of the darkest, heaviest kind of um, uh, MC properties so far, Um, especially out of the the TV series is um, look like, you know, you said that, you know, weren't too familiar with this character. Like, I knew barely next to nothing uh, about this guy. Like, I know he's very beloved um, in a lot of the, um, you know, the more, like, small sort of comic community. Uh, my exposure to this character was uh, surprisingly, like, through video games. Actually, like, uh, you know, like some Marvel games where, you know, you can have different characters and playing as Moon Knight. I knew about, like, the different personalities, but I didn't know the details behind it. Like, I couldn't have told you the names of the different uh, personas and stuff. I was more familiar with sort of like the look of Moon Knight and sort of how he fought and like, obviously like playing a game. So going into this show, I'm like, okay, look, I'm, I'm in for the ride. Bring me this new character, show me who he is and, and let me go on this journey. From like that first episode, I was, I was pretty hooked because what I liked was much like WandaVision, there was sort of a mystery about like, I have no idea what's going on. Um, we're getting moments where like there's a you know extended action scenes but bits are cut out because I mean obviously like you know that it's to do with the the personalities have been interchanged but you're sort of like okay what's the mechanics how does this work what's actually happening in those missing segments and I was like this is very unique it's a good way of saving money on some action scenes but 
it's working in terms of like getting me gripped and, and just asking the question like I, you know, I need to know what's going on. Yeah. I've got to say though, as we move through the as we move through the series, like I think by the time we get to like that fourth episode, and thank God for that second half of that fourth episode, because you know, like, like I was like, look, I'm looking forward to it each week, but I've got to say, I wasn't like hanging out for it. I mean, there are even some weeks where it was like I didn't actually end up watching it until maybe the Thursday or the Friday, because I wasn't like, I was like, oh, I've got to watch it. It's got to happen. But I wasn't like, oh, my God, I must do it. We get to that fourth episode, and the first half of the episode, you're like, look, they're, they're sort of, they're digging around in there, you know, in like the, the, the tombs, the ruins, and I'm sort of like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I'm feeling, I'm a little bit bored. I'm like, ah, okay, I, this show isn't really giving me what I was feeling at the start, so I was kind of waning. Thankfully, that second half of that episode, suddenly it's like, that's where we get the whole, like, okay, we're in a, we're in a hospital setting. What's going on? Now I've got more questions. Fantastic. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm back again. Okay. You've hooked me. You almost lost me, but I'm back. And then that fifth episode with, and then, and this, you know, where we find out all the stuff and this is where this show gets so dark and this becomes a pure drama where we find out why was Stephen, or what is Stephen and why was he created? What what, what happened? And the, the, all the stuff with his mum, and you really get to see Oscar Isaac shine. Like this is the episode where I think, even though I still would say WandaVision is the best uh, Marvel Studios Disney Plus show so far, that fifth episode has got to be the best episode, just an isolated episode that the MCU on TV has given us at this point in time, like just from the start to the end of that episode, every moment was, was like just gripping. And then, yeah, that's just, I don't know. It was oh, so good. So good. Just prime me up for the finale. And I, uh, maybe we'll talk about that soon, <laughs> but yeah, the, the only, the only thing that threw me though. And so just go actually before that, with the fighting and the cut scenes, just the the look of shock on Stephen's face. He looks down and he's holding a gun. Yeah. And he keeps cutting to and from. So he's kind of like the, the approach, what's happening to him in two different ways. The first half of the series is where it keeps blacking out. And that, that was fun. But you're right. It got to the point where it starts to slow down a little bit for you. But when they're in the hospital and then you've got them both together, it was another fun but different way. Like they could have just done that for the whole season, had it just be you know cutting between the two, having him black out. So oh, I mean, that, that would have that would have been very tiresome eventually. Like it worked initially because it was a, it was raising questions, adding to the mystery. What the hell's going on? But it was an interesting way of you know playing out those action scenes and then just having the relationship. And whenever they catch each other. Whoever was in control of the body, you cat they catch each other in the reflections on things, and that was pretty cool. But what I was going to say, you're talking about episode five and the trauma and everything. The only question I've got on that is, I mean, for Stephen, his mom's still alive. He talks to her all the time on the phone, and even like episode one is talking to his mom. And I turned to my wife, who's he talking to? Because there's nobody there. Mm-hmm. That was obvious from from the beginning. But Stephen was created. Because he 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 was created, or Mark created him, to protect himself from what his mom was doing to him. Yeah, like that is so freaking dark. Like- yes, it is right. But Stephen's the one that took all the abuse. I get. But Mark's the one that had all the knowledge. No, no, it is so dark, and I and I agree. Yeah, but it should be the other way around, though. Mark shouldn't know, but Stephen does. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because Mark, Mark, Mark is the original. And then Stephen was created yeah. based on those movies, Stephen Grant. But then Stephen doesn't know. So it's almost, I mean, without them saying it, it's almost like Mark created Stephen to protect himself. But then somewhere along the lines, he wanted to protect Stephen because then he was really trying for Stephen not to find out. But then I was watching it like, but hang on a minute, though. Stephen should be the only one that knows. That was the reason why he was created in the first place. 
That's a good point. And I guess, I guess there's a lot of dissecting there because it's like, yeah, Mark created this, uh, let's just call it this being, this very innocent, sweet, nice being that I guess had, like did cop all that trauma. But I suppose, yeah, it's weird, isn't it? That, and at yeah. some point Mark I mean- realised or learnt the truth, came to terms with it, and then because Stephen was such a real thing now, it was like he then needed to protect him from the truth and knowing that it's like, I guess, finding out that he isn't real, that he is just... But yes. between the two of us, we're trying to piece it together that yeah. it's not in the show. So that, anyway, that, that's the only thing. She's like, oh, hang on. That's not how it works. Anyway, it's it's still, you know, a well-put-together show, great it is, performances it, and, it is and all of that. But it's, even, even though, obviously, Stephen isn't actually talking to anyone on the phone, like, he's, you know, he's calling his what he thinks is his mum and isn't the mum the one yeah, that he's got giving no... the abuse? So it's sort of like he's... You know, he's and his like... mum's lovely. <laughs> but that actually, yeah, but when 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 Mark tells him or when he realises, he didn't question it. It's almost like he knew all along. Do you know what I mean? He just kind of accepted it straight away. I'm just trying to think now, which was the one that was... Was it Stephen that was had to come to you know, sort of discover or admit that his mum was dead. Like, it's like Stephen knew. Is that what you're trying That's to say? That's what like, I mean. Like, he did Yeah, know, yeah, but, but when, then... yeah. So when Mark's like, she's dead, he didn't question it. He just, he knew. I was trying to think, oh, like, did, yeah. did Stephen live, actually live a whole life alongside Mark? Or is it just sort of like when he does manifest it's sort of like a new reality is created in his mind of what his world is. And therefore it's kind of like, he doesn't actually recall any of that trauma. You know, like when he wakes up in his bed yeah. and his legs chained in his mind, it's just a, a fresh new creation of a false reality where, you know, I mean, like he works at this, at the museum and stuff, but it's like, but he knows no, there's, people. There's, there's there, no though, actual, right? yeah, like that's all real. But yeah, but he knows people, so he's, no... he's got memories. But, but it was, yeah, it was, yeah. But it was Mark's mum dying. Go. Mark's mum dying, that caused the fracture, and that's when they were losing control and they were bleeding into each other's lives. So that mm. was the trigger. I feel like everything. Mom, maybe that was like the anchor point of where. Stephen started to have his own life where he had a job at a museum and stuff like that. Maybe, well, that was, every, maybe that was everything the before then was like sort of just Mark, just like a split personality thing. Really, just Mark yeah. with this persona, but memories that's that Stephen had as a, as a child and getting you know abused and stuff like that never stuck because he wasn't a real consciousness with a memory bank kind of thing. So maybe, and of course, with the mother dead. That's where they split. Mark, uh, Stephen became more of a real thing. Then he started living his own life, having an apartment. And that's having, and that's yeah. when he, right. he spoke to his mum on the phone for the first time, walking away so, from the wake. And he, hi, mum. I can't yeah. do it. I can't so, do the accent. Prior yeah. to the mum's death, I think the, I think the Stephen persona did the job of keeping the trauma away from Mark. And then once the mother died, and Stephen became more of a real thing. He had his own life. That's where it became a, a thing of like, okay, well, Mark knows what's going on, but Stephen still obviously believes that he is a real being. I, I think that answers. I'll it. buy it. I I'll think buy that, it. that works. Yeah, I think that. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the we've show. explained that away. <laughs> that works. You know, I can't. I can't believe we've oh. gone for as long as we have without talking about May Kalamawi as Layla. Mark's wife. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah, I guess she's important. <laughs> she's very well. She's very important. And you know, when we get to, I mean, she gets powers herself. When Conchu is like, "Here, let me give you my abilities." I was, uh, and at that point, Moon Knight is dead. Mark got shot. Or Stephen, both of them were shot. I'm so glad she didn't take him up on his offer, but she ends up partnering with another god and i don't know about you but to me she looked a lot like wonder woman in wonder woman 1984 i mean there's there's clear uh, cultural influences to the uh, design of like with the wings and things so i mean i 
I can't blame you for having those thoughts. And do you know, and if I'm if I'm going to say who I think used it better, she did in this show. Like the way that she's using it to repel bullets and flying. Ah, oh, loved it. Loved all of that. That she that her character and, and that like in the finale was was a highlight. I've got to say that's probably the main highlight of the finale. And again, uh, if we're not ready to talk about the last episode yet, um, we don't have to. But but her character as a whole throughout. I mean, there was some awkwardness, like with the you know with the with Mark and Stephen, like the two things there. Mark's wife, but also, you know, almost falling for Stephen because of all of his knowledge, and it falls into her interests and things like that. And obviously, like he's such just a pleasant, nice guy, and I, I feel like she, you know, she sees her husband, but now with just this wonderful, non-deplorable personality, which is which is great. So there's some conflict there, and then I think much like the rest of the show, her character uh, amongst you know, like the rest of it, it's sort of in the middle for me, everything did kind of just become a little bit boring because I was like, ah, like, where is this going now? The mystery sort of dragging on. Um, her character's not actually really doing too much. But there's different layers as well because she oh, finds definitely, out definitely. That, that her husband, although not responsible, was there when her dad was killed. So there's, you know, there's, he's, you know, there's other things going on as well. But she'd said like from... You know, I think it was the first episode. I don't need to be saved, and she's not wrong. Oh yeah, I like how yeah. capable she was, and yeah, and in the end, you know, she takes on a whole new identity. Yeah, I thought she was. Um, I thought she was great. I couldn't pick the voice of Conchu. Each episode, I'm like, who is that? Loved it. it by sounded the way. so. Familiar. I even looked him up. Deep. And I don't know him from anything, but it, it just sounded so familiar. Like I was like, like I know him from something, but don't know. Just one of those voices. F. Murray Abraham. Now I'm going to quickly bring him up because I'm sure he's you know got a, a, a massive, massive career. My go-to for him, he was the bad guy in Star Trek: Insurrection. Sure. Okay. A terrible Star Trek <laughs> film. Don't get me wrong. It's terrible. But um, but yes, that's the thing that that he did. Um, yes, I'm recent things. Okay, so it's been an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. It was in the movie I Love Dogs. Um, yeah, so he's he's done he's done a lot of stuff. But that's my go-to Star Trek film. Oh, he was in Amadeus, that movie from '84. Very very popular movie. So there you go. So. Yeah, so they did really well with the casting there, but it was just this big, booming voice and the visual of Conchu as well, of that bird skull. It was, yeah, it was really cool. I can like a, a lot of the, like, I loved all the like Egyptian mythology stuff that they're thrown in there and, you know, like these various different Egyptian gods. And again, I just want to know, like, how is this playing into the larger picture? Like, you know, like when, you know, like, when a celestial shows up, do they consult with the, with the Egyptian gods? Do they check in on them and say, "Hey, look, we're going to do can't this"? You can't it. You've just <laughs> you've just got to go with it. I mean, yeah. that episode where it end, ends with the hippo, hi, <laughs> like, and they freak out. <laughs> do, do you know? And like, and that episode ended. And I'm like, oh yeah, can't wait for next week. You know, again, you know, I want to see what happens. But that's that shot, yeah, that's the hospital. That shot where Oscar Isaac and Oscar Isaac scream. Again, that's a that's a again funny moment, but like just you take a look at both of them, two different personalities reacting to the same thing, completely different screams, yeah. completely different mannerisms in terms of their reaction. Like, like that that detail, like, ah oh, man, like what what can I say? Just just so good. <laughs> just so oh, good. yeah. I mean, he's yeah, he really is is phenomenal. He is. And there's a character that we see earlier on played by Gaspar Julio. Anton Mogar in the show. Now, I did, I heard about this guy before the show came out. He's the, he was in a, oh, what was it? It was, it was in an accident, unfortunately, he passed away before the show even aired. I think oh, it was right. an airplane. 
Yeah, did you not hear about that? No. Oh, no, no. no. Uh, skiing accident. He was in a, a fatal skiing accident in January. And then, of course, the show came out months later. So yeah, very unfortunate. And I think the episode it was more prominent in, uh, I think it did like a memoriam at the end in memory of. Sometimes I think I just make up some memories. I think I recall that, um, like some sort of memorial thing. Uh, memorial thing. Yeah, but it's it's early Might on been... in early on in the series. But the character, though, because again, you know, not knowing too much about Moon Knight, he's a character from the comics, Midnight Man. He first appeared in Moon Knight issue three in January '84. He was a skilled martial artist and master thief, stealing priceless works of art, jewels, and artifacts from all around the world. He became known as the Midnight Man because his thefts would take place exactly at midnight. There you go. Easy to catch. In the comics, (laughs) yeah, well, you know where it's going to be. In the comics, Midnight Man wears a cape, dark blue costume, and that resembles Moon Knight's white costume. So there we go. Oh, on that, actually, I remember like when we first saw Moon Knight's costume and not really thinking too much. We've got the glowing eyes. I'm like, oh, I'm not too sure about that. But as soon as I watched the show, I thought it looked great. In the comics, it's white spandex. He's got a hood. They went in a different direction with this, with the show. The suit has mummy wraps on it. This comes from the Earth X Marvel Comics and was recommended by producer Kevin Feige as a means to distinguish the suit as ancient and mystic, different from the normal MCU armors. And the suit has hieroglyphics on his trousers, which read, rise and live again as my fist of vengeance, my moon knight. That's all written on his trousers. And the crescent insignia on... (laughs) Hey, I'm just reading it here. (laughs) The crescent insignia on Mark Spector's Moon Knight suit has hieroglyphics of Conchu's name. So there you go. A very detailed costume. So they've gone from white spandex on the page to what we get in the show. And it's a great design. Just like in the comics, they... I love when he's jumping through the air in his his cape forms a moon crest. <laughs> Pretty cool. And he's got the daggers that he throws from his chest. That is a practical suit as well. So in the end, yeah, I think the costume works works really well. I think it worked quite well. like visually. I mean, both designs, like the the Moon Knight, the Mister Knight, um, they they work well. I mean, Mister Knight obviously has a. <laughs> I guess it's not as cool, but it's it's still an interesting look. But the general Moon Knight look, and um, am I right in saying that the like the bandages and I guess like the, even the Egyptian influence on the Moon Knight character is not necessarily the 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 primary or core sort of um, you know like true to the comics. Thing. I, mean, I know there's been different interpretations. Like it's not the necessary like it's not necessarily the original um, take on the character, like or the Egyptian influence and stuff is that is that right or i'm not sure to be honest i mean as i say you know the the bandages is new for the show but i mean that's a very very good question and if i was more organized i'd have an answer for you (laughs) i'd have got some more information on his first appearance but yeah i'm I'm really i'm really not quite i guess guess it's that's the fun part i guess though of having a character that like yeah like i mean and you're well more well rehearsed in sort of comic lore and stuff like that but like to be introduced to a character that you know like we know of him but what are the details you don't really know that much so it's just cool to say okay well what is the take and then i like i think i did look into it and, and it was sort of like like it isn't necessarily the go-to interpretation of the character but look it worked for this show and i guess it's going to work for the bigger picture for the uh, for the mcu so I'm, I'm all for it. And I guess it just shows that you don't have to stick to the comics. Not necessarily anyway. And look, we could have uh, 47 other personalities or something in there somewhere. And, and that's it. There's going to be a whole different assortment of, uh, of Moon Knights. There's going to be more. I had a quick look. So the character first appeared in 1975. And the origin then is pretty much the origin that we get in, in this show. 
So there you go. Konshu okay, so, has always been linked right, okay. with the with the origin. So basically scratch everything I just said then. Good job, show. Stick into the comics. <laughs> <laughs> and the character first appeared in Werewolf by Night issue 32. So there you go. I did cool. a, an extra bit of live prep. Always good. Oh, Mr. Knight, you mentioned Mr. Knight. I do know enough from his appearance in the comics that whether he looks you know, like Moon Knight or he looks like Mr. Knight, he's not a bumbling character. So that did throw me a little bit when Stephen first has the power and he's got this new identity as Mr. Knight. He ends up becoming more capable because he has the realisation, hang on, if Mark knows how to do this, I also know how to do this. And then he becomes a better fighter. And we do get some fun in the finale when he keeps switching between Mark and Stephen and each time you get a costume change. But in the comics, like Mr. Knight was just another identity for Moon Knight, but he was still cool, suave, deadly, and all of that. So that's something that changed up. But it gave us more Stephen, and it worked within the context of the show. I mean, yeah, it definitely, all I can say that to that is that it makes sense that you've got Stephen's character, his personality, when he transforms into, or when he summons the suit and he becomes Mr. Knight, you know, like, that his persona is in that Mr. Knight kind of getup, and therefore he is going to be a little bit of a, it's in line with his character. It, it makes sense. And it is good that he is able to embrace and sort of develop and become a little bit more, more confident. We've kind of touched on Ethan Hawke a little bit, but not a great deal. We've got Ethan Hawke as Arthur Harrow. That first episode, when he's breaking the glass, pulls the, the broken glass into his shoes and he's walking and you're hearing the crunch that stayed with me. And then later episodes, whenever you add Ethan Hawke on screen and if you listened out, you could hear the faint sound of glass breaking in his shoes. Got me every time. I, that is pretty horrific. Uh, I'm going to say, look, his, Ethan Hawke's performance, I've actually got no issues with it. It was perfectly fine. Doing a bang-up job. The, the glass and the shoes in that in that first episode, probably the most interesting thing about this character. I get it. He had a, there was a point to it and, you know, like the whole thing with the, you know, and it, 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 I suppose there is an interesting element in the fact that it's like, he is very much aware of what his purpose is. Um, and he'll, he's there to do the bidding like of these gods if, if need be. And he's, he, he believes him not necessarily to be worthy um, so it's like look, there's an interesting tweak there, but other than the glass and the shoes, I found this guy as the villain of the show, the antagonist. I I don't know. I was not engaged, interested in him, and uh, I suppose that's really where again the show kind of waned in the middle because I realized I was like, oh, okay, there's actually not much to this guy whatsoever, and nothing towards the end of the the show really did anything more to to change that. So that, that's how I feel anyway yeah. about, about him. Yeah, do you know what? I Yeah, I, I'm the same. And, and it's nothing against Ethan Hawke. And I know like he workshops the character and the performance. It's, it's just that everything else that's happening around him is a lot more interesting. In fact, do you know what? <laughs> when, he's, yeah. he's, you know, when he's got the scales... It's interesting and he's weighing people up, good, bad, they're dying on the spot. When you get him in hospital, that's where I was more interested. He's got a little mustache. Yeah, Yeah, that was a lot more interesting. And then, like, in the final episode, and was it it Stephen, wasn't it, has the realisation that Arthur doesn't really know what's happening either because Arthur's asking him all these questions. So that's really, really interesting. But then, I know we'll get to it, he doesn't survive. <laughs> but it's interesting knowing that Ethan Hawke was working with them on the show, on the character, trying to bring this character to life. And I did look into his character from the comics. He did survive. Impressed. What are you talking about? He did survive. Did survive? What? Yeah. He's in I the thought car. Jake shot him at the end. Ah, no, post credits. He, he, he gets picked up from the hospital. 
He's in the car. Yeah, and then. Oh, oh yeah. Then he, oh no no no. And then he gets shot. Oh, I'm yeah. sure Jake shot him. No, yeah. And then he yeah. And then he does. But then he's still in the hospital seat. Oh, you you're trying to get me to talk about Jake, aren't you? You, you tricked me. Not intentionally. No 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 no. <laughs> no, I genuinely right, thought okay. he, he died before. <laughs> that and i was like like he died no 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 in the back in the back of the car and that was the whole thing the, yeah, the only post credit scene which we're talking about now well done okay let's let's talk about jake and then we'll go back to arthur when they're in the hospital there's a sarcophagus and it's rattling and steven's interested what's in there what's in there and you're thinking oh is that a third personality and, you're not and thinking, it is. is that a third personality? You're like, oh, oh yeah, we, that's the third personality. <laughs> okay, we know. We know it's we know it's the third personality. Um, but yeah, but that was fun. And you're just waiting for Jake. And then yeah, it's not until the show finishes, you get the mid-credit sequence, and you're finally introduced to a personality of well, diehard fans. And I know somebody at my work who was saying, Oh, I hope it's Jake. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I didn't know what they were talking about. <laughs> But yes, Jake is the hidden third personality. Funny enough, also played by Oscar Isaac. Shares the <laughs> body of Mark Spector along with Stephen Grant. In the comics, he is a taxi cab driver. That lines up with him driving. It's a limo, isn't it? So he's driving that at the, at the mm. end. He's more of a ruthless killer and like the show in the comics mark and steven don't actually know about jake and then jake as a new bond with conchu so it's very similar the comics and where the show ends up and that's the that's the end of the show so there we go we've um, we've talked about jake but even so, then right we get like the grimace and the face that we get from oscar isaac it gets totally something, different just something to different. what we were getting yeah I wish, like, again, that's. I feel like we, I feel like we do need to talk about this last episode. But like, when we get to the end, like the this end credit scene, like everything's sort of done, and I'm still, you know, again, I'm still in this place where I'm like, do have we resolved anything? And then the the big, you know, like it's a post credit scene. It, it's sort of presented as this big twist, like, hey, there's a third guy. This is Jake, and it's like. Is, like is this meant to be a twist it's like again we saw the sarcophagus anyway everyone knows it's like, okay that, that's going to be the third personality in there even go back to the first episode like there's the you know like um steven's referring like you know in conversation he's talking like talking to you know like the, the girl at work and stuff about conversations that he didn't have it's about someone flirting with him and asking around on a date. That wouldn't have been Mark because Mark's, you know, Mark's married and all that kind of stuff, you know, unless he's a bit of a sleeve, but didn't really seem like that. So it's like, no, there's from that first episode, you're like, there's a third, there's a third guy, at least a third guy. It was, I don't know. I just felt like it, it, it was presented like, oh, here's a twist. Like, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, we knew. So I, I found that underwhelming. I just, <laughs> it, oh, it was it a dwindling note like, to, to go out on. It was just like, yeah. No, I, I I didn't take it that way. I saw it more of a reveal than a twist. Because, yeah, talking about the, well, a reveal, the final a twist, episode. Like the reveal is like his name? Is the reveal? I don't know. Maybe. May, maybe. I mean, again, guy in my work knew all about Jake, knew who that yeah, was, enough, whereas for enough. me, it was a third personality. But I don't know, the reveal worked for me and you know arthur doesn't get away going back to arthur so anyway ethan hawk working on developing the character going back to the comics how many times do you think the character of arthur harrow actually appeared zero once okay once. in 1985 okay. <laughs> that is it the character appeared once the reason why they chose Harrow or they chose a new villain because Moon Knight's only recognisable villain was Bushman, who just felt too close to Black Panther's Eric Killmonger. So they decided to pretty much create a new villain, although one that had appeared, if not in name only, back in 85. So they didn't want it to be too similar to Killmonger. Okay, well, that's fair. That makes sense. Um, 
look, you know, I keep mentioning sort of like we get to the we get to the last episode and, and yeah, you know, I just felt kind of like the show kind of uh, let me down a little bit there. Number one, it felt it did felt uh, a little bit rushed. Um, a, a lot of ground was covered that sort of didn't actually really cover anything at all by the end of it. The, the main issue stems from that fourth episode, you know, like when uh, Mark or Stephen, or I guess both of them, I get shot. And then there's this whole journey that we go on with like the balance in the scales thing. And, and it's a, it's a whole thing. There's the stuff with, you know, like Conchu being sort of like locked up and separated from, um, you know, from Mark and Stephen. And it's this whole, like, as we move, as we get past that fifth episode, again, amazing. But then it's like, okay, cool. We've got 45 minutes to to wrap this all up. Suddenly it just felt like everything was very rapidly resolved at the start of that final episode to the point where it was like, what was the point of that happening and this happening? Just to have it all kind of very quickly sorted and then all right cool here we are boom we're in the final fight and it was like cool and look i appreciate all the action that we get in that in that episode until it's moon knight versus harrow and it's like cool what a showdown and then that trick that they had in the first episode where it cuts and it's sort of like again another hint that there's a third personality and it's sort of like oh we don't actually get to see the fight it's like oh it's over everything's done and it's like oh okay cool it's almost like the it's almost like the show skipped which i know is it's intentional it was a part of like it's the third that's mark's experience yeah i mean yeah it's sort of like yeah look we didn't even get to see them biff on like it's like oh i just felt i think that's why again why the mcu you don't need to have your own show but it does feel like it was building towards something. And even though you do get more action in that final episode than you had been previously, I get what you're saying with the cutaway, like we've got in those first couple of episodes, you do feel like you it was heading towards something and it doesn't quite, it gets there, you just don't see it all. Yeah, you see the end result, but it's like, which is great and, you know, really violent, a lot more horrific than anything that Mark would do. But, yeah, no, yeah, I, I, see, I see where you're, yeah, I, I see where I, you're yeah, coming from. Yeah, I just felt like the latter episode, very rushed, and, and, and I guess coming off that, what I call the best hour of Marvel Studios television so far, to then just have an episode where it was just sort of like, ah, oh, okay, and then by the end of it, okay, there's not a season two coming, but there seems to be so much unresolved stuff. Like all the all the issues that were sort of presented um, like in, in that fourth episode, okay, that stuff is, again, very quickly resolved, but it's still sort of like, okay, we've got our character. Where's the ending? There isn't really one. Again, Harrow has his ending, which, yes, of course, he's dead. There's this third personality, and it's sort of like, okay, we're kind of back to where we started, except Mark and Stephen kind of, well, I guess they know each other now, which is good. That's the only difference. And I guess if that was the yeah. point of the, of the show, for them to sort of become two entities and work in unison together, that's really the only change. And I guess, yeah, what's her name? Has, well, you're uh, right, has though. wings. <laughs> yeah, she's she's got wings. Harrow is dead, but the show doesn't have an ending. Again, how do you feel about that? Like, uh, I... Well, I felt better about it until this conversation, (laughs) to be honest. honest. But it does, it feels... I guess going back to the character of Stephen Grant, the original Stephen Grant, it it felt a bit serialised. And you know how Indiana Jones would always start at the end of his previous adventure... And it's always ongoing, like George Lucas with Star Wars Episode Four. So it does kind of have have that feel where there's not a beginning, middle, and end. Like it goes on a particular journey, but he's still in that hospital. There's still things happening. 
Mm. Yeah, like what is the deal really with the hospital? Like what? Well, we we don't know, and that's, exactly. And, and, and how frustrating! Yeah. Oh is that? damn it! Like, again, you know what? I think I would feel different oh. if it was like <laughs> season two is you know like eight, nine, twelve months away, whatever. I'd be like, well, we'll get it at some point. It's all good. But now, it's yeah. Like, I mean, I when said are we going to see you know, maybe now? maybe Moon Knight could appear in the Blade film. Well, I doubt course. the makers of the Blade film want to take time out from telling his story to spend time in Mark's hospital. No, that's it. Like, even if he is a prominent character in another movie, we're not going to get not the, the depth and answers to, to these things. I mean, maybe they potentially could, but it would be a very... It would it would really depend what it kind would of be focus. More, more likely if it was going to appear in another TV show, like someone else's show. But who? It's hard. Yeah. It's hard to say, but um, thanks for that. No worries. <laughs> Always here to, to ruin stuff for you. <laughs> did Did you hear about the QR codes that are shown throughout the series? I've no idea what you're talking did about. You hear so about this? I'm going to say no. Well, like QR right. codes okay. in, in the show, like on the in thing. the show, in the show, the QR codes shown throughout the series really work. And when scanned by a smartphone, they redirect to a page on the official Marvel website where it's possible to read a free online issue of the Moon Knight comics related to the latest episode. Oh, wow. Madness. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I haven't, I haven't done it, and I heard about it a couple of episodes in, but I didn't think my wife would appreciate me pausing it, so I didn't. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty cool, though, isn't it? Not bad, not bad. Adding not bad. Yeah. something okay. a little bit extra. Um, with the music, the series opens and closes with the Engelbert Humpeldink song, A Man Without Love. The song features the lyric Moonlight to show the way so we can follow, which is relevant to Moon Knight and Conchu. So there you go. Put a bit of thought into the song there. Always appreciative. Always, always good. As always, they have released a documentary special, Marvel Studios Assembled. Um, I'm sure if you listen to this, you've heard of these shows before. The specials go behind the scenes of the making of the MCU films and TV series with cast members and additional creatives. The special on this series, Assembled, The Making of Moon Knight, was released on Disney Plus on May 11th, 2022, which is today. I've not watched it, but he's is apparently out today. I'm more interested in the TV ones than the movie ones, to be honest. I I would I would I would agree uh, to an extent. I feel like me gauging how much I liked one of these shows is um, inherent in whether I want to watch the documentary making of special. And Oscar Isaac, I think it's worth it. Yeah, maybe get an insight into this process. That could be interesting. I'm. I feel like I wasn't, but now I'm like I think I'm intrigued. So I guess it's sort of hinting at where I'm landing with this show. Like I'm not in love with it. I'm not like crying for this documentary show, but a little part of me is like, I'm interested. I'm interested more so. Like I didn't watch the Hawkeye one. I like like, I'll just say it right now. I didn't watch that. I started. I started. Yeah, I think I did watch the Loki one, but then I, as I was watching it, I was like, all they're doing is just trying to sell me the show I've already watched. I feel like it was, yeah, it yeah. wasn't really behind the scenes. It was more of a commercial than telling us how great and how much fun they've had making the show. All right, cool. So, yeah, I didn't check out the Hawkeye one. And I, I, I'll admit, I had no interest in, in this one, but now I, now I feel like, yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to do this one. Yeah, you're right. Oscar, I'll so um, do it for that. I'll do this one. Before we get to the rating, I'll just tell you one more thing, which I found quite surprising. So a lot of this show takes place in Egypt. They didn't shoot it in Egypt. (laughs) Not at all. They shot it in Budapest, Hungary. There you go. Apparently, the idea was to shoot in Egypt, but issue of permits or something, they just couldn't make it happen in time. So Budapest. What I say next, um, I mean no disrespect when I say it, so hopefully I, I don't mean anything but it, but I'm like, eh, close enough. <laughs> like, I mean, 
you're getting similar sort of terrain and scenery and look would you know any different if if unless of course you live you know you live in budapest and stuff like that or like you can tell the difference but i think for the general you know narrow-minded western audience though that we are i think it looks like egypt <laughs> it works i mean i i didn't notice it wasn't until i read like it if you told me it was filmed in <laughs> egypt i would have been like wow good on them like fantastic yeah i believe you <laughs> so i mean that's it it works and that's the magic of filmmaking right there yeah it so. does i did read something which always comes up like for some reason american tv film always get the layout of london wrong like thor the dark world was notorious for it and there's the scenes in London where Mark's going in one place, coming out another, and that's just not how it works. That is not where those places are. They're not close to each other. That's what we. Anyways, if you're <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna rate this show out of five, um, yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna say. Obviously, I started this this episode talking about my my like the trajectory the trajectory of the Marvel Studio shows sort of just going down for me. This has gone up, so we can celebrate that. How much further up has it gone? A little, like a little bit. There's moments in this, and look, a highlight. I get this has one of the best episodes of any Marvel uh, Studios show so far. Like, and I can't not praise that, and then give this give this show points for it. However, look, like pretty boring uh, villain. Uh, sort of waned you know episode three half of episode four i was like mm, i feel like um I'm, I'm i'm losing i'm losing it's losing steam here i've got to say disappointing last episode overall look it it's a fine show it's actually quite well sort of pieced together there's a lot of mystery and look the performance of oscar isaac is is a huge highlight and worth every penny if we paid anything for this i mean i paid for disney plus but you know the price of admission if we were paying ticket prices it would be for that i find it difficult sort of putting a number on it mainly because i put zero thought into it before coming into this um i I can't remember what i gave the other shows it's it's okay i'm i'm okay with it i'm not like irritated but i'm not overly pleased with what the end result was i'd say a three out of five which might seem harsh i know you know a 3.5 purely for oscar isaac 3.5 yeah i'm gonna come in at a four and it's not just the show i guess the experience of sitting down my wife watching it week to week and oscar isaac i mean he is the one to watch this show for and then everybody else around him and the effects, everything just makes it better. I just thought it was, it was great. Like not great as in five out of five, but you know, it was, I had a fun time with it. And you know, when it's funny, it's funny when it's dark, it goes to really dark places. And it was the character of Steven, like absolutely that character. When he seems to die, I was devastated because knowing this is just a six episode run, potentially, that is him done, but Mark goes back and saves him, balances the scales. There's so much to like about this show. Yeah, four out of five. I've got to say, I watched this show with my wife as well. I didn't give the show extra points for that. Uh, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, but the thing is, though, like you, anyway, it's a bit personal, but you and your wife watch a lot of the, or yeah. a lot of similar shows, whereas when it comes to comic book shows, it made it special. Really no, I get it. It I'm did make it special. Pulling, pulling your leg. Um, no, it definitely sounded like you had a a a better time watching the show. So it, it makes sense where you've sort of come in. Um, and just the not really knowing, learning about this character yeah, and the I supporting characters as we go. Yes, definitely. Like, like I said, the mystery, the new character. They're, they're all they're all good good things to that the show brings and look hey i i completely appreciate the fact like this character is is quite obscure but still kind of popular in, not in a in a general sense but you know like you know like comic fans know of the character so good on good on them for giving us a show and taking a chance on this character and, and doing something with them 
because um, I think a lot of fans appreciate that. So I think I think you know, I just love that this is where we're at, where we're we're talking about a Moon Knight TV series. Yeah, <laughs> I like the fact, yeah, like you know that. Marvel Studios have been going for that long now that we're getting characters like this. And as I say, the next one, Miss Marvel. So that's going to be an introduction to a new character for a lot of people, I would say. Like, yes, she's a popular character in the comics, but to a lot of people, the wider audience, it's going to be this new character. Yeah. But I mean, and again, unlike Moonlight, like with, with Miss Marvel, like we've got the, you know, there will be the connection to, you know, Captain Marvel and all of that that, that's going on where Moon Knight really you know again the triumph is the fact that he stands a he's he's standing alone at this point like that's what this show is at this point in time it very much is a standalone until something else connects to it which didn't happen in this show which again isn't a bad thing Um, if anything it's probably a, a, a good thing but until something else decides to connect to it or Moon Knight shows up somewhere else like this very much is a standalone well, that's it for our episode all about Moon Knight. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Jason, thanks for once again coming back on the show. I guess I'll see. I mean, I'll see you on other things, but Miss Marvel, I guess we'll do it. We'll do it all again then on this show. <laughs> Absolutely. As always, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.